If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Once again, it's on. Bagging it, bit. Rose podcast ever. Rose Patreon ever. Rose platform ever. Chad, I'm, Matt. I'm Matt. I'm Chloe's I'm, here, chilling, super chilling. Chloe's over us today. She <laughs> Taking a nap. Yeah, she don't give a fuck about what's going on. Uh, it's a lot going on in the world right now, man. Uh, a lot of different topics uh, ranging from financial in nature, music. This You this got me on the edge of my seat, man. I, I want to I talk no. this BMF shit, and we can do some finance. This BMF shit. Talk to me now. What, 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 what's happening? So, Young Scooter... Accomplished rapper from Atlanta. Right on. Invented and gave us the term, the triple cross. Okay. Which is, somebody try to cross you out, and you cross them, or if somebody doesn't actually know where the cross is coming from, and there's somebody behind the scenes pulling the strings. Right. And it is now being alleged that Big Meech, Demetrius Flannery Sr., is actually the father of the Triple Cross. Okay. I said on this show when we first talked about, you know, the BMS show and this and this and this, and I hope they don't ruin this story because it's the greatest American crime story of all time, and this shit continues to bear fruit. Within the last week, it has come to the forefront, and people were whispering about this here and there. You had Tonia, who was a... who was Terry's, uh, I guess his wife or whatever, Tonia, who's represented by Lala on the show and all of that. You have her talking about this woman, this like shadowy figure named Tammy Cowens. Okay. Tammy Cowens started off as Blue Da Vinci's girl. Okay. She was his quote unquote, she, yeah, she was my older chick. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I'd be out and I'm with these gangbangers and these drug dealers and this and this and this, and I wouldn't bring her around the mob. So, you know, I would go kick it with her later on in the night and decompress and this, 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 that, and the third, and blah, blah, blah. Somehow, some way, over the years through his incarceration in 2005, Big Meech and Tammy Collins became the best of friends. This is after he was already. After he was already off the board. So he didn't know her during the BMF run. Okay. Because she was Blue Da Vinci chick. She was Blue Da Vinci's chick and she was hitting. She was off to the side or whatever. Mm-hmm. Somehow, some way, um, I guess through her seeing an opportunity through this story to be able to try to sell this story and monetize it, she and Big Meech became best friends. They started okay. off as pen pals writing letters. She going to jail to see him when he was in Lompoc and this, this, that, and the third, whatever the case may be. And they formed this friendship. She later becomes his, I guess, his assistant or whatever, and also secured his power of attorney and his life rights to be able to negotiate a film um, around the BMF story. There's a gentleman from St. Louis named Dion Gatling. They call him Cuffy, mm-hmm. who was one of Meech's oldest friends. They go back to 1990. Okay. He's from St. Louis, Missouri. In his own words, I listened to it earlier, in his own words, I'm the first person that ever put a million dollars in Meech's hands. Okay. Because we was already 
our own version of the mob and all of this old shit. And we was tearing it up in St. Louis and blah, blah, blah. And me and Meech formed a friendship at a very young age, so much so that my children, my daughter and my son, call him uncle. Okay. That's how tight we are. To and through Meech's indictment and the overall BMF indictment, there were subsequent... um, there were subsequent superseding indictments that later followed once, you know, niggas get grabbed up, niggas start snitching. Right, right. So the first snitch was was uh, was Doc Marshall, who was the bookkeeper and the, the CFO of BMF. Mm-hmm. The second snitch was uh, Jabari, I think his name is Collins or whatever, which Jeezy once famously referenced, O-Dog. Mm-hmm. You already know, dog, 745s back to back, me and O-Dog. Mm-hmm. Jabari got jammed up with 27 kilos of cocaine, and he cooperated against BMF. And to and through those two acts, Doc Marshall's crib, uh, somebody tried to do a home invasion on Doc Marshall's crib. He killed the nigga. Fucking police come. The feds come along with it because he was already a person of interest. They find this ledger, which started the paper trail of extrapolating what BMF was and who the players involved were. Mm-hmm. So those two things is what kind of set off the bomb of all of these, this legal action that got taken against them. Meech got arrested in 2005, pretty much immediately copped out, took 30 years, him and Terry, and in order to maintain their appeal rights and not get an L attached to their sentences right. or whatever. So they both got 30 years. Fast forward now, Terry's been home for two years, whatever the case may be. BMF, the TV show, was on his second season. Executive producer, 50 Cent. Tammy Collins negotiated the deal to sell the story, and this, 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 and this. But going back to Cuffy Gatlin. One of Big Meech's best friends. He, at the time when Meech was locked up, already had a script done, completed, for $250,000 to sell the BMF story. Meech put Tammy with Dion. They begin negotiating this deal, blah, blah, blah. A somewhat shadowy but known figure, Louis Burrell from Oakland, also known as Hammer's older brother, Mm -hmm. got involved in the negotiations. They negotiated a $50 million budget with Lionsgate to produce the BMF movie. Okay. 20% of which was going to come to Dion and Lewis in the form of a finder's fee for the script origination and then passing it on to Lionsgate and then they get a royalty, blah, blah, blah. But this was already done and ratified. Because Meech is the center of the BMF universe in its integral part, Tammy has his life rights and his power of attorney. Mm-hmm. She turns the shit down. Tammy then immediately begins to try to figure out a way to get Dion out of this deal and take all the money for her and Meech. So what happens is Tammy signs on to become a confidential informant for the DEA. The same original agent, I think the guy's name is Jack Harvey. If you watch the BMF documentary that stars aired leading up to season two, older white guy, he's in this shit. Okay. She, her point of contact is him. That's a weird coincidence. How the fuck did that happen? How did you know to get in touch with him? Blah, blah, blah. It could be to or through the paperwork, whatever, just her meets corresponding, talking, da, 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 da. So she knows who the big dog was that right. unearthed this whole case. So immediately, she created a situation where she starts cooperating with the DEA. She becomes a confidential informant. They paid her $221,000. Her plan was to take down a cartel member. 
His name was Fidel Suarez, a cartel member from California. I'm going to flip on him, use my cooperation, and this is where the triple cross shit comes in at, use my cooperation against him and the knowledge that I'm able to fetch through him, through my connection with Meech, to take Fidel off the board. Big Meech comes home. We negotiate this deal in real time. Meech got his money to get back on his feet. Boom, boom, boom. We live happily ever after. Because he's a Mexican, nobody in America suspects nothing. We suppress the paperwork. Meech's name isn't nowhere. My name's there. I don't give a fuck. They're, most times people, when they get banged by the DA or the FBI, they automatically plea. Nobody's name goes in the paperwork. It's all an anonymous situation. People can speculate what happened. But nobody in and around BMF is disturbed. But we knock the plug off. That plan goes left because in the midst of her cooperating with the, with the DEA, she gets a phone call from Dion Cuffy Gatling about the movie shit. Yo, what's going on? We trying to do so, 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 and so she tells the DEA agent, hold on. This is Cuffy on the other line. They're like Cuffy who Uh, Cuffy Gatlin from St. Louis, their ears perk up. And then now Fidel Suarez is off the board. Fuck this nigga. We need to lock him up. We We want him now. So, Tammy Cowens now begins initiating a deal for a truckload of kilograms, supposedly from the cartel through Meech or whatever, with her as his intermediary. And the DA is roped in on this whole shit. Cuffy Gatlin gets 26 years in prison. Uh, Big Meech is named as an unindicted co-conspirator in the case, even though... He has phone correspondence with, with Dion over a, a, over six years. This happens in 2011. He has phone correspondence with Dion over the six-year period about this, that, and the third, da-da-da-da-da. Dion, in his own words, says, my lawyer reached out to Meech while he was locked up and said, yo, the DA is, is you know, contacting my attorney. They're trying to build a case on me, da-da-da-da-da, based on the circumstances of X, Y, Z, which is, like, really all bullshit. It was proposed to me, but I didn't agree to it or whatever. But they bang him for conspiracy. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. To commit uh, cocaine trafficking based on the fact of this confidential informant, which was Tammy Cowens, Big Meech's best friend, power attorney, whatever, whatever. So now over the last year or so, the story has slowly started to unfurl. But now Blue Da Vinci, famously of BMF, the rapper, president of BMF Entertainment and all this whole shit, has basically put it all the way out there. Niggas got the paperwork. I got the paperwork, all this old shit. And Dion is like, Big Meech lined me up with this girl or whatever, whatever, to keep his face clean, but he's the heart of it. He's a fucking rat. So now you have this whole thing unfolding where now Blue Da Vinci is like, yeah, I knew about this shit in 2017. I, I, the last time I talked to Meech was um, I told him that I, I heard about this situation with Cuffy and da 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 and then I spoke to Cuffy myself. He said, Big Meech haven't spoke to me since. So you got six years in the future now. Now all of this shit is unfolding, and it looks like the last hope of, like, the black American crime story of somebody that stood up, stood tall, didn't tell, didn't do no funny shit, 
lined up this triple cross and got his best one of his best friends, his oldest friends, 26 years in prison. Jesus. <sighs> so for what? To get out of jail. They were going to the 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 Okay, so let's let's get deeper in this shit. But I, more so, I'm like, if Meech was already sentenced to 30. The DEA basically said, if you can help us take him off the board, we'll, you can come home. Mm. Tammy was going to be the intermediary to negotiate it and do it this, 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 and this. The reason why Big Meech is not home is because Tammy's weird ass got romantically involved with another DEA agent, so they found her testimony not to be credible enough to rise to the level of suspending the remainder of Meech's sentence. So Meech's gotta, still got to sit in jail, gets put in solitary as a result of this whole shit breaking down the way that it did, even though they got the conviction. But it's like, yo, yo you hooked us up with this weird-ass bitch. She fucked the DA agent. He's not credible. She's not credible. It, it, it basically made it to where they were worried that they weren't going to be able to prosecute this case. Put Meech in solitary. Put him on diesel therapy. He's been getting traveled all over the country ever since. Basically, essentially been in solitary for the better part of the last 10 years, and it's all tied to this shit. And now it's all starting to unfold in social media and in the media and all of this shit. Gully TV did a phone interview with Blue Da Vinci where he kind of like laid the shit out. Um, a guy that used to work for Vibe and I think The Source did a phone interview with Dion uh, Gatling, which uh, came out yesterday, whatever the case may be. Dion Gatling's daughter uh, had like a little short, uh, uh, you know, basically like, I guess a testimony, whatever, on the phone talking about the situation and how this all unfolded or whatever. And it's crazy. And there was a uh, special agent, Keith Cromer from the DEA, testified that Meech knew at Cuffey's trial, he testified that Meech knew about it but wanted to keep his name out of the paperwork, was told the only way that would happen is if Cuffey copped out. Cuffey, Cuffey went to trial, which is why he ended up getting banged for 26 years instead of 10 or whatever the fuck they probably originally offered him at trial or whatever. So is Cuffey out? No. So what was he doing the interview on? He, it was a phone interview. He oh, called okay. from a correctional facility. And you hear it doing, this calls from a co federal correctional yeah. facility, whatever, whatever. So, yeah, he's locked the fuck up in the feds right now. And the whole everything is, Meech lined me up to get locked the fuck up so he could free himself and to take me off the board so that they can negotiate this deal direct with whoever they wanted to take me out of it. Because he's saying, and this is the reason why BMF is not a movie, it's a series, because I had, like, the copyright, uh, whatever, set around the script to where it would have went direct to film in theaters as opposed to a s original series. So they couldn't do it as a, as a movie. So they had to pivot and do it as a series because of the copyrights and all of that shit that was structured around it. It's a crazy ass fucking story. <laughs> I was having a conversation, man, the other day. And it's just like the angles that people are on in that world. I don't envy it at all. What'd they say? The oldest thing they tell you about the border crime is there's no honor amongst thieves. No. No. It just is what it is. Like there, there is no honor amongst these. This shit is crazy. Damn. Yes, man. So now it's suspected that the boss of all bosses is a uh, is a fucking rat, man. This shit crazy. And Blue Da Vinci said that he said Meech won't speak to me, haven't talked to me since 2017 because I told him that I knew about this situation with Cuffy. 
And originally, my thought process was what I couldn't make sense of was like, all right, if Meech wanted to cooperate, why wait until 2011? Like, why not just off the rip, just say fuck it and cooperate? And two, why not go big and tell them the cartel? Well, that got answered by the Fidel Suarez shit or whatever. So I was like, all right, so that's out. So that's my first re- my first rebuttal. That's out of there. Why tell down on someone you were serving? And another thing is Blue said the original supervising agent put Tammy on the case, put who who put Tammy on payroll. Meech had to originate that. If that's the tie that binds and the plan was to free Meech and she goes and botches the deal, how does she still remain his power of attorney? Like you would think that he would upend all of that shit. I'm like, bitch, I ain't fucking with you. You fucking this whole shit up. I'm still in jail. You would think. But it's just like, yo, people motivations be whatever they be, man. And it's just like, yo, the more I kind of go down this rabbit hole, the more it's looking like, you know, Meech as this mythical creature, mythical figure, whatever, it's all bullshit. I mean, you know how I feel about the mythical shit. You know what I mean? Like, that's a wild-ass scenario. Like, damn. So are Meech and Terry cool? No, they don't speak. But t- I saw Terry with Lil Meech. Yeah, I guess they call it trying to mend their relationship or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because you got to figure, uh, the last time, uh, the last time that you know Terry saw Little Meech, he was probably four years old or whatever. So it's like whatever bad blood is carried through his father may not necessarily exist through him or whatever because he wasn't a part of that shit. So why don't Terry and Meech speak? Um, or why aren't they cool? Right? Because uh, Terry allegedly stole three million dollars from Meech, and then he also said on a recorder wiretap that Meech need to get knocked off. Nah. And the DA agents played that for Meech. As soon as they got arrested, him. Boom. That's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. Yeah, it's crazy. And I'm just like, yo, what the fuck is going on here? So does Meech have like a projected release date yet? Uh, It's like five more years. He's got to do like 26 years or whatever the fuck before he's out parole eligible. But it's like with good time or whatever, whatever. I think his first date is five years from now. So where's the Tammy chick at? Out and about, living life. She's apparently a producer on the BMF show. And uh, she's on the, she's apparently a producer on the BMF show and all that, negotiated this deal and whatever money is being made, she's holding those proceeds because uh, I guess a criminal's not allowed to uh, profit from their, uh, you know, from their criminal gains or whatever. So with, with her as his power of attorney, that's the intermediary to negotiate it and to realize the funds. And I guess she'll hold the money till he come home or whatever. And then that's that. That's a wild world, man. I, I I don't envy that shit. I don't want that. Like it just, I can't deal with that. Where you got to constantly worry about this person that like you got to worry about everybody. Yep. Like everybody's out to save their skin, cover their like yeah, like. Damn. I I it's funny that you say this because it's a it's a very interesting take on this whole snitching culture thing because it's like what if that like. You would think something like that would hit, like, the big fan. Yeah. And then be all out amongst, like, everything. 
So people are trying to suppress the shit because it's like, yo, we like Meech. Again, it goes back to who do we like? Blue Da Vinci did some weird, funny shit when he first got locked up. Keep in mind, like I said, it was all these superseding indictments. So uh, Meech and Terry got arrested in 2005 with a good amount of people. A bunch of other people, J-Bo, Blue Da Vinci, this person, that person, all got locked up subsequently in like 2006 or whatever the case may be. Right. So <clears throat> Blue... Did what's called a safety valve and a debriefing. He had a safety valve on his case, meaning like if he fucking, um, I guess, allocutes to whatever the fuck he did or and co- corroborates or confirms other stories, da-da-da-da-da. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. That could cut his time from basically 10 years down to five years. Out of the five years, I think he ended up doing three and a half, some shit like that. But when he came to the debriefing with the feds, essentially everybody else had told so much, it wasn't enough of him to tell. Yeah. And his lawyer said in open court, yeah, my client would <laughs> my, my client would have cooperated, but there was no information to provide the federal government. In fact, they told him things that he didn't even know mm. because all of these people on Terry's side, because the crew was split down the middle. Right. It was BMF and 263. 263 right. was Terry's crew. They all was telling so much shit that he was like, yo, it's nothing for me to tell. They told you shit I didn't even fucking know. Right. So it was just like, yeah, but at that point, they had already made the agreement. They had to honor the deal to give them the five years or whatever the fuck. So it's like it's a it's a wild set of circumstances, man. And it's like all I can say is go to school, kids. Yeah, like get an education, up. start you a motherfucking business, or whatever. These all of these niggas tell, one way or another, directly, straight indirectly, up. through an intermediary, anonymous phone calls, whatever the fuck. Because who the fuck want to go to jail for thirty fucking for thirty fucking years? Nobody. And what, what did you see all this on? YouTube. <laughs> the tube. The tube. <laughs> and all of this shit unfolded on the tube, on dog. The tube, like, and it's man. like this shit coming in hot. It's like every couple hours, it's another video. It's another this, another that, whatever, whatever. And it's like, yo, the initial John was King Erner did a video about this shit a year ago. And he was just like, yo, you know, Big Meech honor is not in question, blah, blah, blah. You know, uh, uh, Cuffy Gatling is, uh, you know, was bitter about, you know, what happened and this and this. There's very well a large chance that, uh, you know, Tammy Collins did all of this without Meech knowing and blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, yo, the more the details unfold, the more it's like, damn, this video was aging like milk. Yeah. Like this joint is bad. And it's just like, yo, I talked to uh, one of my homies about it last night. And I was like, yo, at the end of the day, last night and today, and I was like, yo, at the end of the day, you know, you, you can't vouch for nobody because you don't know what the fuck these people got nope. going on. Nope. And it's like, you'll put, put your fucking shit on the line, um, you know, put your shit on the line um, against, you know, what these motherfuckers is doing. And it's like, then they just make you look crazy every fucking time. Straight up. It's like, I, den- I denounce crime. Yo, straight <laughs> like, up, man. I, like, this shit is, is crazy. So it's like, yo, if, if you know, if the boss of all bosses is, is, is a fucking snake, too, and a rat, it's like... I mean, look at the, the Gotti shit. Like, Gotti wasn't a rat, and he didn't fuck with the law but he was trying to get Sammy to take all that take shit. Take the whole shit. Yeah, no, you're going to take all these Jones. I'm going to go home and eat steaks. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's an unscrupulous way of living. 
And every it is really every man for himself when the feds come knocking. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to fuck with no feds. <laughs> like, just because people get goofy. People yeah, when, have them, to... when them guys in windbreakers uh, start knocking on your motherfucking yeah, door, that shit backwards is... <laughs> hats. Yeah, you don't want none of that. Fucking Oakley shades. Yeah, you see a backwards hat, a windbreaker, and a, and jeans. I don't want none of that. Like, it's a bad, it's a bad joint to be in. It's man. a bad joint for real. What was up with the finance shit? Oh, so the finance shit, right? So, boom. Silicon Valley Bank failed in 48 hours. It is the second largest bank failure in New- in the history of the United States. Um, so the second largest? Second largest. In- what was number one? Uh, I don't know yet. I feel like I know this. I should know this. Go ahead. <laughs> so, this is from the New York Times. A bid to reassure investors goes awry. The failure of Silicon Valley Bank was caused by a run on the bank. Essentially, what a run on the bank means is that something happens, right? Like some some banking issue happens. In this case, it was all triggered by the interest rate jump. Mm -hmm. So you have people all in Silicon Valley that are banking with this bank, putting, you know, 50 million in, 20 million in, 10 million, whatever the fucking case may be. Washington Mutual. I'm like, I know I should know this. Yeah. Yeah. So you got people putting all of this money into the bank, right? And the bank doesn't hold that money in cash reserves. They trade it in for treasury notes from Mm -hmm. the United States government Mm -hmm. and bonds. And essentially what happened is where they bought the treasury bonds at, the interest rate was zero versus now the interest rate is 5%. Mm -hmm. So... Once the, the interest rate shit started happening and, like, these little reports started, like, you know, started trickling out around Silicon Valley, like, yo, the bank might not be that solvent, whatever, whatever. Essentially, everybody asked for their money back. Mm-hmm. And when that happened, it triggered a failure because we already sold this money off. We don't have the cash reserves to give everybody their bread back. Same shit happened with uh, 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 the, the, the crypto shit. Yep. Yeah, and essentially... I think it's two hundred and fifty billion is the number. Right now, it says it's two hundred nineteen billion. Yeah. yeah. So it's like if if the bank here's the fucked up part. If the bank doesn't have two hundred and fifty billion under management, the government doesn't have to ensure that they're going to take every step necessary to get your bread back. It's like we'll get you back what we can, but some of this shit like might just be breakage. Like it might just be out because now the bank is under government control. So this is the rest of the opening of the journal. The company was not at least until clients started rushing for the exits insolvent or even close to insolvent. So they're maintaining their regular day-to-day numbers that they need to maintain in order to be a financially solvent bank. They were good. But banking is an enterprise that relies on as much as confidence as cash. And if that runs out, the game is over. The collapse may have been an unforced self-inflicted error. The bank's management chose to sell... 21 billion of bonds at a 1.8 billion loss. So that's what started all of this. So once, you know, Google and this person's like, wait, why the fuck would these motherfuckers sell 21 billion for 19.2 billion? Like, let me go talk to these motherfuckers. Basically trying to get money back on a quick. Exactly. On the quick. In large part, it appears because many of those bonds were yielding at an average of only 1.79% at a time when interest rates had risen drastically and the bank was starting to look like an underperformer relative to his peers. So now motherfuckers are like, let me get my bread and go take it over here. They're going to go get me 
2.8%, right, whatever right. the fuck, and it fucked the bank because everybody did it at the same time. Um, had risen drastically. Moody's was considering downgrading its rating. The bank's management, with the help of Goldman Sachs, its advisor chose to raise new equity from the venture capital firm General Atlantic and also to sell a convertible bond to the public. Mm-hmm. It isn't clear if the bond sale or the fundraising at least initially had been made under duress. It was meant to reinsure investors, but it had the opposite effect. It so surprised the market that it led the bank's very smart client base of venture capitalists to direct their portfolio clients to withdraw their deposits in mass. The bank and its advisors may have also made a tactical mistake. The General Atlantic equity investment could have been completed overnight, but the bank's management also chose to sell convertible preferred stock, which couldn't be sold until the next day. That left time for investors and more important clients to start scratching their heads and sow doubt about the firm, leading to an exodus of deposits. There will be a detailed post-mortem of the bank's failure in the coming weeks and months for now. It looks like the collapse could have been avoided. It happened because management bungled how it communicated to its customers and the public and created a vacuum of confidence. But underlying the failure was a demonstrable problem, one to keep an eye on for other banks. The company had invested its deposits in low interest rate bonds that held on its books on a long-term hold to maturity basis. That means that it did not have to mark to market those bonds until they were sold, leaving investors with a somewhat distorted view of its balance sheet. So long as the bank doesn't need to sell hold to maturity assets to meet withdrawal requests, there is no problem. But if a bank has to sell at a loss, that's when things get complicated. Right. So soon as they started selling these, so make this big ass play to sell off twenty one billion for nineteen point two, niggas was like, "The fuck, right? What's going on here?" And then all of the advisors was like, "Yo, take your bread out today, now, right now." Bank failure collapsed forty eight hours. The bank fucking failed. Damn. So when that happens, what what what's what's the like the immediate, the middle, and then the long term result? Well, the the bank is now under government control. So now they got to take accounting of, you know, everything that's in inventory or whatever. It's funny that you say this. So we're talking about this. Have you do, are you familiar with Adam Ruins Everything? Yes. Have you seen his new series he got on Netflix? It's called The G Word? No. It's really good. But it's called The G Word and it's about the government. So he's basically doing like a uh, a uh, uh, no filtered Adam Ruins Everything cuz he's like cursing and everything. And he's going to like it starts off with him and Obama. You know, like, and he's got like, so basically he goes into all the areas that the government controls, food, money, uh, uh, weather, all these different things. But the money episode, he was basically talking about bank failures Mm -hmm. on there. And he was saying how if you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. When the government takes over a bank, they'll come in at the close of day on Friday and let the people know this bank is under government control. We're taking it over. Da, 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 da. You, you'll stay employed here, but the bank will be under a new name and it'll open Monday like nothing happened. Yeah. We don't need to alert this. We don't. But literally, he was showing how like bank takeovers happen and shit when the government it's good it's a yeah. good ass documentary. No, I, I definitely want to check that but he, out. he got a joint on food and how the usda came about with teddy roosevelt yeah. then he got a joint on the weather and how he, he even was saying it like 
they literally are, they predict weather. Like back in the day, it was like predicting weather. Now they have planes that can fly through hurricanes above them. Oh, damn. To where they can tell you which way this shit is going and this and the third and how the data that goes into like our iPhones and shit from weather, it's free. Like the government does it and gives it to the weather agencies, but literally weather agencies block that shit for weather that's sold. Like you got apps where like you can pay for subscriptions. Yeah, 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 to get yeah. This and, the third. and he was showing how a tornado was found to be forming in Indiana, but the advisory only went out to people who were paying for the app. I'm just like, dog, this is crazy. This is nuts. <laughs> like what? Like, yeah, it's a, it's called the G word. It's a real good documentary. Yeah. But he definitely got a joint on banking. And he was even talking about the, they were talking about the PPP loans on there. And he went and interviewed a, uh, a woman who owned a daycare and it was showing how, People who didn't necessarily know how to go about a PPP loan or a PUA loan or whatever, whatever yeah, during yeah. the pandemic, they weren't hip to it or weren't getting certain things. And he was even saying it like when production shut down for his show, for Adam Ruins Everything, he's like, we got a PPP loan for the show. Yeah. But we're, you know, we're with, uh, what network is he with? Um, not Comedy Central. Um. The trap is it travel or t- whatever whatever channel he's with. Yeah, yeah. We have the network and our attorneys who went about going to get that. So we wound up getting more than enough money to exactly. like sustain everything. Yeah. And he was like, this situation here was a daycare. She said that at one point they had 55 kids in a daycare. And she was like, when they went to apply for their PPP loan, they got six thousand dollars. Oh damn. And she's like, that wasn't even enough to cover a month. Yeah. You know, whatever. And they wound up, she's like, when the pandemic finally got back to where people could she's like out of the 55 kids we had only four were able to return Damn. so they essentially had to close and she was like crying because she, she they foreclosed like the location like yeah. the bank got it now and had like padlocks on it's crazy as fuck uh. and he was like saying it where it's like the way it works in this country is the more you have the more you can get and the more you have access to yeah and he was like it's kind of made me feel fucked up where it's just like the ppp line like we're all like rich and we good like yeah. and it's just like seeing shit like this it kind of blows your mind and it just the finance drone the money drone was real real good yeah and it's just like damn like you really like even look at the Madoff situation like it's crazy to think but like it's people that lost everything but on the flip side it's people that actually made money yep out of that shit it, it just that it made you think of like your grandfather and your old uncles that kept all their money in a shoebox in the house. Yeah, it's like they shit. didn't trust banks. This is why. This is why. Like you just really. How many times have you like hauled off and just looked at your account and you like, there's three hundred dollars missing. I'm sure. Of yeah. It. I don't know where it's at, yeah. but it's missing. And then you call and it's like, oh, this happened or this. Oh, 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 we could release that or we could do this or we could. And it just be like, what? Cause you really never know with these fucking banks. Yep. Like I had somebody was like, you're overly obsessed with your credit cards and your accounts and be like, no, I like, I check them shits every morning when I wake up because I don't know what y'all are going to do overnight. Yeah. Last thing I want to do is give y'all four or five days and I'm over here getting high and doing whatever and not thinking about it. Then I go look and just like, you ever, you ever have to do that John after a weekend or a couple days yeah. of wilding out and you got to like put it together. You like, there's no way I spent $3,200. And you're like, all right, I bought, 
I know I bought some shrimp. That was 38. <laughs> you know, like you got to go through yeah. the whole yep. joint of like, and man, I know there be money missing and we don't be fucking catching. Hell yeah. Catch it. I'm telling you. Yeah, Navy Federal do this shit where it's like, you know, when you make deposits or whatever, even if it's the money's not readily available, it'll get like if you click on the on the transaction, it'll give you like a running balance. Right. That running balance should be like, all right, so it's like, so it's saying three thousand, but I really got fourteen thousand. It's like, well, when are y'all gonna release this money? And it doesn't tell you. It just tells you, oh yeah, your running balance is against this, whatever, whatever. And I just had a situation. I deposited a check or whatever for like eighty six hundred dollars, and they put a five day hold on the shit. I went to a Navy Federal location. The bank was too popping, so I deposited in the ATM at Navy Federal before four p.m. Right on the drone to tell you. Why don't you do it on your phone? Because I was just on some shit. Like, let me just go here. Oh, I I deposited a big check, big check last yeah. week. Literally, I did it on my phone. That shit was open in two days. Right. So it's like, and you know, Navy Fed, you can do a check up to fifty on your phone. Yeah, yeah. and typically that's what I would do. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, I got this check. I was downtown. I said, let me go to Cherry Hill and deposit the check in the bank. Going in the bank caused me them to hold a check for five business days, which ended up taking like nine real days because it was a Friday. Even though I deposited before four o'clock, which they tell you deposits after four o'clock, maybe credit next business day. They still credited the next business day, Monday. which was Monday. And then I had that whole week and then they didn't clear it until after business the following Monday, Monday. which was February 27th. And right. I'm just like, what? They're like, yeah, it's for your protection. No, it's not. I'm not protected. If you <laughs> hold in my money, I don't feel very protected. I don't feel protected. Yeah, you holding my fucking nine grand for an extra week because yeah. you said so. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't feel all too protected. I'm right not now. happy either. Yeah. Then they send me an email like, "Hey, uh, one of your checks was held because of this, that, and there." Keep in mind, this is from somebody that sent me a wire transfer before. Okay. This is like a a business wrote me a check, okay. not like a nigga on the street, Ted yeah. from. Yeah. Oh, gambling debts. Like, the nigga that was writing Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan writing him checks and shit. Like, no, it wasn't that. Like, this is like a real deal business. They got multi-millions. This is a trading company. They got multi-millions in their fucking account. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, yo, y'all held that all that fucking money. Then they sent me an email like, yeah, if you incurred any overdraft fees during this time or whatever, whatever, we can refund them to you. And it's like, why not just release the money? Right. Why not get on the phone? Bank verification is very simple. Bank, get on the phone, call the other bank. Hey, uh, I'm here, presented here with a check from such and such bank. This is the account and routing number, da 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 uh, There is for this amount of money. Um, can you verify that the funds are there? How much is the check? 8600 Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're good. Okay, cool. They can immediately, yeah. takes three minutes. And unless you ask for that, they're never going to do it. Yeah. Should be crazy with these banks, man. I remember uh, right before Thanksgiving, I had money in my police and fire. I had like no cash shit in my check in the Navy Federal. And I had two loan payments, like car loan and another loan. And I forgot about the shit. Like I just physically just forgot about the yeah. shit. And I was just like, oh damn, it's the day, day before Thanksgiving. I'm like, it's the 23rd. Them Jones doing the 21st. I'm like, oh shit. So let me go. So I went and I had I wound up having a, a Aflac check. So I was like, oh cool. When I, I don't even gotta take money out. I get the Aflac mm-hmm. check and just put it in there. My dumb ass, I called and was like, hey, um, because the transfer between banks, like to send money from police and fire to Navy Federal, like takes three like days. Three days. So I was like, because I didn't feel like driving the fuck to police yeah. fire just to drive to Navy Federal. I was like, yo, uh, I got a check that I'm going mobile deposit. Can I do a like a uh, payment arrangement for like, I guess like 
two days or whatever to when this clears. That way it'll just take it out. She was like, oh, yeah, that's fine because you won't even incur no late fees. You got like 10 days or whatever. I was like, okay, cool. So I made the payment arrangement. Mind you, both the loans together is $1,200. Yeah. The check I had from Aflac was like 4000 Yeah. So I put the shit in the account, whatever. I put it in there. It showed, you know, I released like $225. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. like the other shit is pending or whatever, whatever. So I'm like, okay, cool. I come back to my account. It was like the check. It was like literally the next day the check was cleared. Mm-hmm. This is mind you, this is the day before Thanksgiving. The check had cleared. The check was for four thousand. Mind you, the two payments together is twelve hundred. Yeah. So when I went to look at my account, that shit was like available balance eleven seventy eight, and I was just like, "Huh? What the fuck?" So then I I went and looked at like the rolling joint, and it was like loan payment six thirty seven, loan payment six thirty seven. Then it was like loan payment five ninety, loan payment five ninety. So because you went past the original date, it swept the loan twice. Right. But then it was like loan payment three seventy nine, low payment tw- loan payment two sixty two, and I was just like, "What the fuck is going on?" Yeah. So I called Navy Federal, and I'm like, "Yeah, I deposited four grand, and I'm looking at it. It took like twenty eight, twenty nine hundred dollars." From the four grand to apply to loans, but I'm not understanding. I was I'm not behind on the loans and yeah. like that. She was like, "Oh well, yeah, because you made a payment arrangement. So whenever you make a payment arrangement, it'll take that as its own payment, not on the track of what your payments are. So basically, when the money was available, it took the necessary payment. Yeah, but then it took did, an additional payment. Basically, like I on my own just made an arrangement to pay another. <laughs> so basically, it was like you're not doing anything till January now because you've paid December." And I'm like, well, what the fuck is the 262 and the 379? She was like, well, those are a little bit to go to January. Because if you look, when if you looked at my joint, it said next payment due January. It didn't say a full 637. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It said like 312. And like, I didn't request this. And I'm like, yo, give me back my phone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she was like, well, it's it's it was because it was like two in the afternoon the day before they, she was like, well, everyone's gone from the business solution department, whatever, whatever. So you can call them back on Monday. And because it was Thanksgiving, good Friday, nobody was there. Yeah. And then finally I called them Monday and they was just like, yeah, that was a complete, I don't know. Like lady was like, I've been here 12 years. I've never, never seen yeah. that shit happen. He took but two and a half payments out of each. But they home. released the bread, but, yeah, but it yeah. was just like, and I'm, I'm just like, what if like black Friday, I was going out in the street to fight over Omarion television. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Can't like, even man. do it. I was like, asked out. What the fuck? So they released the money. It was no problem. But it was just like, yeah, banks kind of just like, it's computers and they just do what the fuck they want. Because at the heart of it, what's going on is all of the computers and all of that are set up to maximize the amount of money in and minimize how much goes out. So with that in mind, it's just like, oh, yeah, we're going to arbitrarily put a four day hold on this check, a five day hold on this one, three days on this one. This one, you know, you upload on the app. Oh, next day. Whatever. Like there's like they literally pick and choose at random how much they want to fucking allow you to have of your money that you're placing in their institution. Yeah. Ba- I get that we got to have banks and we got to fuck with it and send it through. But there do be some Jones where it just be like. Even down to the whole, you can't take more than certain amount cash if you wanted to. It's just like yeah, anything like a Navy Federal, anything over like five, six grand, you gotta call in advance. You gotta call them. They used to yeah. tell me that shit at Horsham all the time. I was like, y'all need eight thousand. They like, the fuck? Did mm. you call? No. Mm. What's I the w- problem? I went into police and fire one day, and I um forgot how much I was withdrawing. I want to say it was like seventeen because I was doing some, but I, I went to withdraw like seventeen, and the the lady. She dead ass was like, 
Is everything okay? Yeah, like, are you being, like, are you kidnapped? Like, is your wife, <laughs> like, held? I was just like, no, I'm a degenerate, bitch. I need this. I need, <laughs> I need Big this gambler. Big, big, big bet. I need the 17. You got to hurry up now. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? But no, she did ask, like, as she was processing everything, she like, is everything okay? And I'm just like, yeah, I'm fine or whatever. And she straight told me, was like, we need uh, three hours. You know what I'm saying? Like, all right, I'll be back. It was like one in the afternoon. She's like, you can come back at the end of the business day. I was just like, all right, whatever. Because you'd be surprised. Like, a lot of banks really got to, like, and once you get over a certain amount, yeah. it's like, whoa. Because what happens if another person comes in on 117, another person wants 45, and another person. Yep. Now it's like, shit, we didn't even have that much cash on mm-hmm. debt to even be yeah. ready to move. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, the banking situation is crazy. And then you got to factor in that at the end of the day, they're loaning your money out every day. I saw a video where a guy went into a bank. He was closing his account because he had applied in for Canada. something. Was it in Canada or somewhere else? It was like an older guy? Yeah, I forgot where it was at. Like 330000 or like something? 312 grand. Yeah. But he had applied for a loan and got denied for it. And he was just like, I'm sick of this bank. They're so just like ridiculous. He's like, I don't go through this with no other banking institution I deal with. He's like, I get a proof of shit all the time. And he's like, I'm just done with this bank. Yeah. And he, they called the cops on him. Yeah, that was an older guy in Canada. They straight called the law. He was, they was like, what seems to be the problem? And so he said, that's no problem. I want my fucking money. No problem. I'm with, <laughs> I'm with, I'm closing my account and taking my money out the joint. They straight called the cop. Come get this nigga, man. <laughs> he is funny. not well. Nah, he is. Something is wrong with him. <laughs> you imagine you like, yeah, this is my account number. This is my name. Here go my ID. I'm closing my account. want to take all my money out. Hitting the button. <laughs> Give us one second, uh, Mr. Yeah, Thomas. Yeah, yeah. Stay right there. <laughs> Actually, you can you can have a seat right over here. Yeah. We're, we're gonna get that all together for you. Shit, crazy. Yeah, it's like having to fucking barter with a bank to get your money back is insane. But it's like it's all because of like run rate and reserve amounts and all of that shit. And you know your your money is in a bond, nigga. You can't have your money. No, no. We actually gave that away, so we're waiting on. A couple Wait, we 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 turned into profit on your yeah. brain. You know yeah. what I'm saying? We waiting on some interest to come back, baby. You you tripping with that one? But it's like, yeah, that's what you got to do. Like I said all the time, these people who are like these extreme millionaires, but they don't, that's not liquid money. It's not like, like Jada Kiss said, Johnny Tapia without the rats. Like, no, <laughs> it's not a room with a bunch of millions of dollars sitting in the shit. That's Pablo Escobar and that's it. Like, it just doesn't work like that. This money is legitimately tied into so many things that it's like, it's hard to get that hard capital like that. Hard, hard. You know, till you actually experience that shit, you don't really understand, you know, what that shit is like. Like, yeah. I remember years ago when I, uh, we sold the property and I remember, you know, getting the, the, the check and I was a nigga. I was just like, yeah, I'm going to take this bread over to somewhere else, like over another bank. And I was just like, yeah, you know, can I get it at hundreds? And lady looked at me like I was, she liked like I was, like I was insane. Yeah. It was like 106 grand. She was like, you, what? And I'm like, yeah, like I, I'm putting it in another bank. And she was just like, you know, you could just transfer to another bank. I'm like, oh, what? Oh, <laughs> uh, do you have any $500 bills? Yo. I'll take those. Yeah, I got a little satchel. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? So I'm good. Like, regardless. Like, yeah, I remember shit. one time we was trying to do a real estate deal a couple years ago. And uh, me and my partner, Ty, whatever, at the time, I had put, the, he, he was running everything through his LLC because he was already bonded and all that shit. So I gave him like $23,000. I gave him a cashier's check, deposit account, whatever, whatever. So after like 65 days of just like 
offer after offer after offer getting turned down. We kept losing all these houses in Winfield or whatever. And I'm just like, yo, I don't need nobody to watch my money. Just give me the money back. You know what I'm saying? Just give me the money, whatever, whatever. So I meet him at the bank. He uh gets a cashier's check. We at TD Bank on City Line Avenue. Give me the check, whatever, whatever. He like, all right, boom, here you go, bro. Da da da. I gotta go. Fridays? Yes. I hate that fucking bank. All right, bro. I gotta go. Da 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 da. You know, here your check. Boom, it's good to go. It's good for cash. I walk my ass right back up to the same teller. Yeah, I like to cash this <laughs> right now. $23,000. They gave me a little private room, yeah. all kind of shit. I'm in there counting my money. Like, all right, it's all there. I'm out of here. Yeah, that's how that shit be. That finance world is nuts, man. Because like, it's so much fucking red tape. Yeah, it's funny because the uh, he had a John on um, uh, Adam, the Conover, on the, the G John. He yeah. did a John on FEMA. And he was talking about the, the, the what's the B word? Barack, Barack, what's the... Bureaucracies, it's bureaucracy. Bureaucracy. Say it again. Bureaucracy. Bureaucracies. There you go. And he was talking about red tape and how much red tape fucks up so many things in this country. And they were showing how the when the Puerto Rico hurricane hit, it wasn't the hurricane that killed people. It was the fact that they weren't getting food and water. Yeah. Because of the FEMA nonsense. Mm-hmm. And he was showing how FEMA has so much red tape in the way of everything to where they literally was like making a like, like a sketch. And the, the guy was like, hello, FEMA officers. And the, the guy was like, he's like, oh, hurricane hit you and you're you're drowning. Okay. We need you to fill out a flood. <laughs> uh, like it's like all this crazy shit. And it's just like, you like need, nigga, I need help. Send help, nigga. And he was saying it on there. Red tape is the name of the game for the government. Mm-hmm. Everything just has stupid red tape yep. for absolutely no reason. That's like the theme of the whole show. And it's just like, yeah, like, it, I don't get it. If someone is giving me money, like giving me 50K, why is it that I can't take this 50K and get my 50K? Yeah. Why do we have to go through all of this nonsense? Yeah. Perfect example. You ever pay for something on your debit card? You you buy something that's 120 You buy a sweater that's $125. If your account is at 700 when you swipe that card, your account is at 575 But if you return that sweater five minutes later, Man. that account will not say 700 until Thursday. Nope. That shit is crazy. I think it's me. like one retailer that, and here's the thing, that's all a, it's all a processing thing. And it's like they could pay to have that or whatever, but they don't want, as mm-hmm. they make the business decision that, you know, business is one in between the margins. So instead of paying, you know, 1.7% to our credit card, uh, processor, we'd rather pay 1.2. So we don't even have the option to give instantaneous refunds because we get to capture that 0.5% of revenue. Right. Exactly. That's all it is. That's really it. Yo, hey, tell you how crazy this shit is. You know, Visa has an exclusive deal with Costco now. Really? So you can't use no other card than a Visa card at Costco. We at Costco, I'm about talking about two big-ass carts. We get up there, I put my platinum in. That shit was like card decline. I'm like, well, let, me, let, me, let me wipe it off real quick. And I know it's something over here. I put it in again, card decline. I'm like, what the fuck? All right, I, I put it back in my pocket. I pull my Navy Fed I'm not even thinking about it, yeah. like, cause I'm I'm just on to like, all right, I know I went a little hard in Miami. All right, let me, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna use my Navy Fed. I know some money on this. Show. I put that shit in. That's some more rewards to Amex. Yeah, and car car to come. I'm just like, so I'm like, Yo, are my cards like off? I was like, yeah. what the fuck. So 
Lee was like, oh, I got it. And I'm just like, I felt like an idiot. I'm like, no, what the fuck you mean? I ain't losing. So she put her fucking Amex in. Man, the girl came over and was like, are y'all using America Express? We like, yeah. She's like, oh, uh, you know, it's only Visa. And I'm just like, wait, what? And then you see the sign up, cards accepted for payment. Visa, Costco card, da, da, da. And I'm just like, I'm like, do you have a Visa? She was like, I don't. And I'm just like, yeah, I left my cash rewards and my debit card to crib. I'm like. <laughs> Damn, we can't buy this shit. We had to leave that shit there. Damn. And then I realized, I came home and I looked it up. Costco signed an exclusive deal with Visa as their processor to where now in all Costco's in America, you can only use Visa card. You can't use a MasterCard or an Amex. That's insane. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what? But they said the deal was so lucrative for them that yeah. they had to take it. Yeah, margins. Mm-hmm. That's all it's about. It's like, all right, so y'all going to charge us how much? It's like, we got our own payment processing. We use direct, you know, Visa, point of sale, technology, da 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 And we'll only charge you 0.3% or whatever instead. What are you paying now? 1.8? Oh, yeah, point. And it's just like, oh, yeah, fuck it. Like, I'm going to inconvenience half my buyer base, but, you know, whatever. Because the reality is, it's like, nobody's walking into Costco with 800 and you know what I'm saying? And, and hundreds or fifties and paying for this shit. Majority, right. majority of people are, are smart, you know, informed consumers. And they know like, oh, I'm gonna use my credit card, get these motherfucking points. Costco signed an exclusive partnership deal with all visa processing cards. It pays a transactional fee of only 0.4% where the national average of paid fees is 1.8%. Margins. So basically, off of every transaction, instead of them having to pay almost 2%, now they only pay 0.4. Mm-hmm. So that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 1.4%. Yeah. Which, and you're hearing that is just like, what? But it's like, what if y'all revenue is $550 million for the year? Exactly. So let me go look at that now. Costco yearly revenue. What did I say? 550. I was clearly wrong. So you take a guess of what Costco's yearly revenue is. Probably billions. Nigga. Uh, 1.8 billion. $234 billion in revenue. What? 202. Costco revenue for the 12 months in the fiscal year ending February 28, 2023, was the highest it's ever been with an 11% jump from last year, $234.3 billion in a revenue for the, for the fiscal year of 2022 to 23. So if you're making an additional 1.4% of $234 billion, that's why the fuck you can only use Visa in this joint. Mm-hmm. Because we all got big yachts. <laughs> Dog. Dog. That shit is crazy. This finance shit is nuts. That's just in processing fees of paying. Yeah. Fuck the food we selling in this junk. Yeah. That's one retailer. So let's do this now. Fuck. 234.3 times 1.4. They made an additional $328 million in processing fees by switching to Visa last year. Yeah, everybody got bonuses. See, no. The decibel got to move. 3.2 billion. The decibel got to move over. Mm. Yeah. 3.2 billion. $3 billion they made in processing fees. Yeah, that go right to the bottom line. Think about it. 1% of 100 billion is a billion. Yeah. So if you're at 234, you got 1.4% of two. Two hundred thirty-four billion. Yeah, three point two billion. That's sick. Three point two billion just in by, processing just by changing 
credit card. Just process. by saying, yeah, no, Amex, all that shit is out because Visa gave us a sweet deal. Where everybody else is saying 1.8% for process, Visa said, if y'all do only our shit, 0.4%. See how fast we get this bouncing shit? Yep. Crazy. That And that right there is why I look at a lot of like just our life is just like, God damn. Because we out here going crazy over a bust down Cartier. We out here robbing each other over a fucking uh, $7,000 Santos. These motherfuckers have figured out a way to make $3 billion additional dollars a year and not do jack shit. Don't change their business model. Nothing. Ain't got to do nothing. The eggs ain't no fresher. <laughs> The rotisserie chickens ain't rotisserie no more than they what they fuck they normally. They made an extra $3 billion just off of processing fees. Yeah, and they probably looked at the books. They said, yo, we are, are 65% of our customers are already using Visa. The rest of them got to figure it the fuck out. The re- and, and, it, like, we, and you know what the craziest part is? You know what really happened that day? We came back home. With a Visa. Got our Visa and went the fuck back. <laughs> yeah, hold this right here. Watch yeah, this no, for me. Hold me down. You all getting a flag. Yeah, you're caught right here, baby. Right? <laughs> yeah, because you can't turn these deals down. So you back with the visa. Where the fuck else am I going to get 18K free ads for $6? Where the fuck else I'll be that? right back. Crazy. Crazy. I'll be right back. Hold it down. I got Where the fuck you going? Hold it down. This is some crazy shit that I'm looking at right here. $234 billion in revenue in 2022 to 23, 11% increase, uh, $195 billion from last year's fiscal. That was a 17% increase from 2022, 2020, excuse me. Costco is really making $230 billion a goddamn year. Mm-mm-mm. They have a partnership and agreement with Visa for their memberships, their payments, and for their gas. So you can't even you can't even use Amex and Mastercard at the Costco gas stations. Like when you come out the joint, some retailers charge up to three percent for processing. This is ungoddamn believable. Yeah, yeah. Relax. Chloe and her wallet, y'all. Hold on. Her fucking toy got stuck under the mic. Mm-mm-mm. Me personally, I fuck with Costco more than I fuck with like BJ's. I don't really care for uh, Sam's Club be having that shit, but Costco is my go to at this point. You fuck with Sam's Club or BJ's or any of that shit? Um, I haven't. You see, we like buying. That, that's why we be having so much shit because we buy everything in bulk. Like yeah. we go shopping like once a fucking month. And just that buy, shit forever. Yeah, just have a bunch. Gave me of some shit. toilet paper a couple weeks ago. We got great. a fifty bucks. Who <laughs> <laughs> you, you want some of this shit for? You leave. I'm about to take some of this shit to Dan. Everybody house. leave out of yo. You want some toilet paper? We got. <laughs> shit be crazy. You got anything else for this one? Yeah, for sure. Um, I had a topic that I uh, I kind of like went down a rabbit hole a little bit on, which is why is everyone selling their music catalog? Okay. It came up again this week because Metro Boomin just did a deal to sell part of his music catalog uh, for $70 million. Okay. So it became a thing again. All of the nigger blogs is posting it and, oh, this is a bad deal. You know, the typical shit that, that people do whenever right. these deals happen. So uh, my homie, Bub, hit me the other day 
on Twitter and was like, yo, why is this happening? And I'm like, yo, the succinct answer is it's a bubble play, meaning the overall value of copywritten music is falling fast mm-hmm. because of TV and movie streaming. Think about it like this. What you've seen and heard, think about what you've seen and heard the last five years versus the prior 20. There is far more previously published and name recognizable songs attached to TV, film, and commercials than ever in history. Mm-hmm. That's because the sync rates have fallen dramatically, and now all the publishers have to compete with aggressive publishers like Shamrock, BlackRock, which again, there's BlackRock again, right. um, Influence Media, Hypnosis, um, which is backed by Blackstone, and Primary Wave, which is also backed by BlackRock. All of these companies are licensing shit out like crazy to recoup these large payouts that they've given these artists in order to turn a profit. So look at it like this. Pre-2017, 2018, you almost never heard copywritten music on TV shows because the cost of license would typically dwarf the show budget. So mm-hmm. it's like, yo, if I'm producing an episode of Love and Hip Hop and Stevie J getting 10 grand, Jocelyn getting 7500 this person getting this, da 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 it might cost me 100000 once I pay production and all that to produce an episode of Love and Hip Hop. To put a Jay-Z song on this shit might cost me 150. So it's like once people start selling their catalogs or whatever, it drops the over the 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 market has to yeah, because come now down. It's, it's one of those not it's not quantity, it's quality. Exactly. So it's not how much we can get for one time, it's how many times can we get this shit for this little bit of money. Bingo. Yeah. And now, because of on-demand platforms, streaming platforms, and all of that shit. Now we can lessen the rate that it costs you to put it on here because it's going to play so much more, over more, time more, more, more. because people are going to go back and watch this episode on their own Shit, time. Just the expansion of television becoming 24-7. You remember when TV used to go off? Yep. Remember when Star Spangled Banner? Come on, it's over. Like, yeah. Where is that? So it's like, so now it's like every week on Basketball Wives and Love and Hip Hop, there's four to six songs you've definitely heard before. And then another.
Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.